Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Myra Oliver. Um, Myra, let's start by telling uh, the audience a little bit about yourself, and then maybe we'll go into your story and we'll see where this leads. All right. Well, thank you so much, Glenn, for having me. Um, you know, I'm a Kentucky girl, uh, born and raised, and I was raised by two school teachers who really thought I was going to be a veterinarian. But guess what? I became a hairstylist. Oh. And yes, <laughs> I became a hairstylist and moved to Texas and met my husband and we started real estate investing at a really young age. So at 22, bought my first house and still own it. Uh, paid 35,000 for it. It's worth over 200 now, but more importantly, Glenn, I have made over $300,000 in rent over the last 30 years on that one home. So, ah. <laughs> so that's how I got in real estate. And by the age 33, I built a portfolio of about 10 properties and um, I retired, sold my hair salon. My husband quit the police department and we became financially free off of those 10 properties. So that's how I got started in real estate. I, actually, you said one thing that just like totally was key for me is like, you're like, yeah, we got the properties and then I retired and my husband retired. Whereas I hear a lot of people, I'm financially free, but my wife still works. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, like it, I, I, that is uh, those that in my opinion, that's the key is because who do you want to spend your time with once you get your time free, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And honestly, that was my goal. My husband's um, about 13 years older than I am. And so that was really my goal when I was standing behind that chair 12 and 14 hour days doing $5 haircuts and saving my money for down payments on houses. Um, and my goal was always to get my husband out of his job. And so um, he retired actually first. Uh, and then when I, after it took about 13 years to build up enough to where we our 10 properties were throwing us off 5,000 a month and we could live off that. Yep. Uh, and that was what, um, that was our first goal. And, uh, you know, and we spent three years traveling and having a ball and I got a little bored. I was too young. <laughs> And unfortunately, but yet fortunately, I got back on the treadmill to success and um, I got my real estate license because, you know, I was buying real estate and it made sense. And so that's how I got where I am today. And uh, it's just through, I just started, you know, I continued to buy real estate. I started selling real estate. I became a top real estate uh, salesperson here in my area. I'm in yep. Denton, Texas. Yep. And um, then I ended up owning a franchise. For real estate so it's kind of crazy you never know where <laughs> life's gonna lead right yeah so let's get into this story so you're um you're living down in texas were you buying all the properties in texas too like how's how does the story play out here yeah sure i um i bought everything uh in the dallas fort worth area um and then after about 15 years then we started selling some of our portfolio out of the Dallas area and moving it to Denton. Denton is a, a um, university town, the University of North Texas and the Texas Women's University. And so we just knew that that was a good place for us. And so and my husband does all the uh, maintenance and stuff at that time. So we needed to be closed so he wasn't driving and fighting traffic to you know go change a flapper out on a toilet and drive an hour to get there an hour back for a 15 minute project. Right. Cool. <clears throat> so your strategy to get to, you said about 10 houses to get where you're going. Um, 
I'm going to guess there's not a lot of leverage on those properties if you're doing that. So I think you have a little bit different strategy than a lot of people I hear where they just leverage burr next one, next one, and they have to get a lot yeah. of properties to be able to pull this off. Right. Um, I, you know what, my dad uh, raised me that he was uh, one of 10 children uh, and raised on a farm in Kentucky. And he always said to me, if you can't pay for it, you don't need it. And so remember, I was raised that way. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's how I was raised. And so and my husband's pretty much the same way. So we bought really uh, inexpensive properties. We started out with 15, 18, $20,000 properties. And uh, that's how we started because that's what we could afford. And we would save our money. We did do some leverage because then we ended up buying a fourplex and we financed it. I mean, we did do leverage. We just didn't do as much. And then we pretty much got everything paid off within 15 years. And so now we're debt free. We're down. We uh, we've sold this year because the market is just crazy in the United yep. States. Yep. And um, when you can double and triple your money, we just felt like that we needed to sell some stuff and just reorganize our portfolio. Um, and we diversified a little bit. I started a YouTube channel and I, I do dividend investing. And so I just wanted to diversify a little bit. So I have sold some apartments and some houses some single family and some condos down in Florida that I have. Um, and I'm reinvesting the money and some other passive income streams. And you mentioned you were selling, <clears throat> sorry, and restructuring is how do you how are you determining which ones to get rid of was it the ones that were a pain or ones that were certain cash flow levels what was the criteria yeah. how do you say that <laughs> so for us it, the apartments got to where you know the the tenants moving in and out so often because they usually would last a year i remember i'm in a college town so yeah. they love to move um and we just started thinking about um our time and our freedom because um, we bought an RV and we wanted to start traveling. And so we were like, which properties are the least maintenance? Um, and we just really sat down one day and we evaluated it. And um, because, I mean, we have tenants that have been with us 10, 15 years. Um, I have, we have one tenant has been with us over 20 years that has paid three times for the property. Yeah. And what we paid for the property. Um, and they're just as happy as they can be. Uh, so um, we want to keep those tenants and keep Definitely. people happy. Uh, and so that's really, we just evaluated it. And, you know, what I've learned, I've been doing this for over 30 years. And what I have learned is more is not always better. Um, I think that it, you've got to get clarity around what you want and why are you doing this? Why are you building a rental portfolio? And for me, I was building it for freedom. I wanted enough money to pay our uh, living uh, essential living expenses right. so that we could travel and have fun um, and not spend our whole life trading our time for a paycheck. And so when we really realized it got clarity around what we wanted, that's when we decided we started buying these rentals and then we started, you know, making sure that each property threw off enough money and, um, and that they truly were generating income for us on a monthly basis. We really stick with the 1% rule. We only buy, uh, if I buy a $100,000 house, it has to rent for $1,000 a month or I won't buy it. And we have done that all 30 years. We started with that rule. Um, had a good friend that shared that with us, um, that sold rental property to us. And that has been um, golden for us. That has worked.
and we've been really blessed because of that. But, you know, sticking to we stick to things. We 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 don't move around a lot. We just decided on we could put a plan together and we stuck with it. And now today we have about 28 properties, and that's enough. They're all you know we've we've paid everything off now. Again, we've been doing this for 30 years, so it throws a great income, monthly income. And the next step is we're getting ready to put it in property management. Yep. Um, so that we're really free. <laughs> yeah, well, ideally, yeah, you want to work yourself out of it now so that you have the time to, well, do your more traveling or whatever your thing is, whatever you're interested in. Um, <clears throat> I forgot my question. <laughs> uh, oh, anyway, but you had, uh, man, what was I going to say? Da -da 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 -da. Good thing I added this. Uh, well, anyway, I was too busy listening, but I was, I was really, I like the whys, right? And, and why, yeah. why you were doing this. That's where I, I put a star beside why, but I can't remember what my question yeah. was going to be. Well, I think you got to know what, why you do are doing this. I mean, I think that's what drives us as people and human beings. I think that if you understand and, and uncover your mindset around this and why you're doing it, and then you have a common goal, you and your spouse uh, or your partner, um, I think that you're going to, um, you're going to get a lot farther down the road. I think sometimes when you're just randomly buying properties and doing stuff, then you really don't have a mission. Um, I think that I think that you're going to find that you're not going to reach your goals. And also, I find that you just keep buying, and you because remember, every time you say yes, you say no to something else. Every time, what I've learned in life is that every time I've said yes to something, I'm saying no to something else. So you need to just get really um, hyper-focused on what it is you want, because I mean, big things happen when you have clarity around why you're doing things. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. At some, at some point, you're just, it's, it's just, it's greed that's taken off and you're like, okay, I've hit my financial goals, I've done this, why am I still working every night, every weekend? Why am I still doing this? Yes. Um, and, and kind of speaking of that, sorry to cut you off, but whenever oh. we, uh, <laughs> when we were, uh, when you were going to exit, right? And you hit, so you made your goal of like 5K or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And then you got to that point. Did you have any trouble like pulling the trigger at that point? I did because I owned a hair salon, right? That I had bought when I was 20 years old. Yeah. So I owned this hair salon and uh, my husband had no problem. He was sick and tired of, uh, he had been at the police department, he had worked narcotics and he was just tired of all of that, you know? Yeah. And so he, um, he had no problem quitting. I struggled a little bit because I had built this business and I sold the business to a girl who had worked for me. And here's a 33 year old selling a business to a 55 year old. <laughs> right. Uh, and so I sold the business to her and that gave me a lot of joy to be able to help her uh, reach her dream of owning her own hair salon. But uh, it was I mean, it was hard. But I knew that, you know, I, I have always known um, that time is finite and money is infinite. And I've always known that. Um, just because I lost my dad at, uh, I was 22 when I, my dad passed away. Mm -hmm. And so I really realized how important family, and I just realized how important family is and why it's so um, crucial that you enjoy every moment. And so I just don't mm -hmm. take things for granted. I mean, I really don't. I really um, uh, realize that tomorrow is not promised and, and um, you know, figure out what your goal is so that you have the freedom to go enjoy the people and the things that you're doing this for. Yep. That you know, <laughs> 
you know, I mean, it wasn't about, uh, you know, I, I'm really, I drive a six-year-old car. I mean, I don't, uh, I'm not influenced whatsoever by stuff. <laughs> I, I'm more influenced by helping others. That's what, that's what drives me, not stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm very similar, right? <laughs> I, I would, I'd rather have the, the time and everything else. <clears throat> the problem I was having, um, I, I recently lost some very close people in my life and it really shook me up about what I was doing with all my time. Um, so like, I recently just quit my job, quit all this stuff and started outsourcing the whole business, right? Uh, to, to like, I need to do this, right? Um, but anyway, uh, where was I, I going? I love that. Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it's a big step. So congratulations. It, it'll be, it may sometimes feel a little lonely. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I promise you that you are making the right decision for your future self. But the, so the, 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 the problem I had when I was getting to the end, this is where I sort of was asking the question is I had, you know, you had your, your money monetary goal and then you, you get to that goal. But what I was beforehand, I wasn't, uh, I hadn't practiced taking money from the business. <laughs> Do you know? So I got used to um, money coming in and I treated it like my retirement plan and I'd put it back into more houses or reinvested mm -hmm. into the business, into marketing or whatever else, right? And it would just keep rolling, right? Net worth kept growing, but I wasn't, so I hadn't started training myself to take the money out. And whenever I hit my financial goal, it was um, kind of like, I felt like I was stealing from myself. <laughs> as weird as it sounds, because- yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, my, my, because before I could put bank all this tons of money every month because it wasn't taking it until now I'm like, oh, I have to take that money, which is an interesting um, mindset that at least I'd never really even thought about. Right. Um, I don't know. Did, before you like started, did you, were you, I guess you probably were taking smaller amounts and it got bigger and bigger. Or am I kind of guessing? Because I'm thinking that that was been a better way to do it. <laughs> yes. And I mean, because you got to pay yourself first, right? Yeah. And so I, I learned that early on. And so I did, we were paying ourselves and, um, but we were using it to pay down some of the properties. You know, we, even though we were paying ourselves, we were paying off that we were using that money to pay down um, our properties so right. that we could net the 5,000, yeah. you know, for our future. So we had a game plan from day one, to be honest with you, Glenn, we, uh, I mean, and we just stuck with it. Consistency is the key. And I just want to share with you that I, the thing about it is, is it really get clarity around what it is you want, because I think we do get on the treadmill and we keep chasing something. And honestly, it, there's not a destination. It is the journey. There's a, the journey is what's so great about this. Yeah. It's not necessarily that you're going to reach a destination, but what I <clears throat> have found is, is that every day you'll never get this day back. And that's why I think it's so important to figure out how much do we want to make? And once we get there, how can we condense things to where it's more passive income rather than extremely active income? So like saying you quit your job and stuff. So you've quit the active, right? Now you're really focusing on your passive. And once I really started focusing on the passive, it started growing even bigger. So yeah. once I quit the job, right? The J-O-B. Yeah. Once I quit that, just over broke, I quit that job. I started really focusing on the money coming in and how I could uh, multiply 
because I real I knew, you know, with inflation, we know you're going to need to multiply the money. What you live on today is going to, it's going to get high, more expensive at a later date. Yep. So you want to make sure the money continues to grow and at what rate, right? I like 8%. And so, I mean, because I feel like 4% for inflation, not right now, but we're, we're okay. Um, but 4% inflation, and then I want my money to continue to grow. And I think that once you start really focusing on that, because what you focus on expands, right? And so when you're gathering, like when we were gathering all of our properties, at our most, we had 38 properties. Um, and that was apartments, houses, duplexes, and uh, single family homes. And what we found for us, we really like duplexes, fourplexes, and single family homes. And so we've sold um, two apartment complexes in the last few years. And we're just going to focus on that because as we get older, we don't want to be, we just don't want to have to go do the turnarounds. And we just want the least amount of stress to make the most amount of money, but yet we don't need a ton, ton of money. We're not trying, yeah. to, I'm not trying to be um, this mogul, real estate mogul. <laughs> um, I, I like being debt free. I yeah. like knowing that if the whole economy falls apart, uh, I'm gonna be fine. And I, you know, even when all this happened with COVID and people, eviction moratorium and all that, we weren't affected whatsoever exactly. and we were not affected and we take care of our people and um and how much money do you need i mean really right i mean there comes a point you just got to decide and everybody's number is different money's very personal yes it and is. everybody's number is different and so i always tell people just figure out you know ask yourself questions we don't spend enough time with ourselves, but yet we're in our own heads for you know that honestly who do you spend the most time with yourself and we're in our own heads and so it's just important to to really get clarity around it yeah and i, I do like the i, I like the debt-free technique the hard part is that it's really hard to scale for a lot of people to to get their 30 properties um so um the way my technique has been is to try to uh continue to leverage get them up but then once you hit your goal is to start to deleverage um and uh start to use your cash flow use your stuff and because um one thing it'll help you sleep at night a little bit better um and uh when it's a little easier to live off of it even for whatever reasons, you don't have the same tax breaks, but it is more consistent. And with everything in my real estate, I'm trying to level it out. Like if, if certain states will allow it, I'll do like monthly payments for, um, well, if it's in a mortgage, you do monthly payments for your uh, insurance and for your taxes. And if you can have the properties in cash and you can do 30 year loans for the ones that are mortgaged, you just try and even it out because otherwise you get these ups and the downs and you're, it's hard to live off of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, and I love what you said, because that's exactly what I did. Yeah. I, I just did it when properties were cheaper, right? I mean, yeah. I did, of course, I was making $5 haircuts, you know, you can't get a $5 <laughs> haircut nowadays. No. Um, so uh, incomes are cheaper too. But um, you're exactly right. I mean, we just, uh, we found out how many properties we needed. And then we worked really hard to pay those properties off. I mean, we had them paid off within the 15 year mark, um, those 10. That, yep. So then they started throwing off more money. Um, and you're right. I mean, you can have to make 5,000. It may take you 
20 properties. I mean, if you're, if you're doing it with heavy leverage and you know, only making two, three, 400, I mean, I've got friends that yep. do this and there's nothing right or wrong about it. It's about you. This is about, this is for you and your business and what you can do and how you can feel, how you feel good about it. You're right about sleeping at night. My husband and I, we're just old school, man. We hate <laughs> debt. Uh, we have no debt and we hate debt. And once you get out of it, it's hard to go back. Right. I mean, I've had plenty of deals that come to me and I was like, ah, I should buy that. Uh, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. You know, it, it's funny, but I, I'm still buying real estate. I mean, I bought a beach house in Galveston, Texas this year um, because it's just a hot market. And, yeah. I, I, you know, and last month I made eight thousand dollars on that. Um, that Plus you probably get to yeah. use it a little bit, right? You get a little bit yes, of personal use. Of course, I got to go <laughs> fix things. You know, of course, <laughs> at least once a month, I need to go down there and fix stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's just, you know, um, that, that's the good news, right? Is you get to. I, I'm trying. I'm trying out the Airbnb part. I didn't like it in Florida. I had a condo, and between assessments and the 25% management, that didn't work for me. I mean, the property was. I paid cash for the condo, but by the time I got a $4,000 assessment, I got 25% charged for property management. I really didn't make much money on my money, and that's when I decided, okay, I can double my money. I'm going to sell that condo. Right. So no. I don't want to go down that path of the Airbnb, but I've, I've felt the same way with, with mine. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, you know, there's a lot of extra costs um, that you don't have a with lot. the other rentals. Um, exactly. um, tell us a bit about your book. Uh, what, what's the book about? And uh, first question, most important, is it like, is there an audio version? Can I download this from on Audible? Okay, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it later today then. And I'll, I'll oh, listen to this. Thank you. It is yeah. um, Down Home Money, A Simple Approach to Financial Freight. Can you even see that? Oh. It, it showed up for a minute. Okay, right there. <laughs> most people listen to the podcast anyway. They mostly right. listen. So there right. is, some, I do put on YouTube, but most of the listeners are uh, audio. <laughs> I got it. Well, um, perfect then. They can go to Amazon and um, download it. Uh, it is also on Audible. Uh, and um, it's called Down Home Money, A Simple Approach to Financial Freedom. And I have a YouTube channel that's Down Home Money. Um, and it's just, um, it, it just is my journey and just shares tips and strategies and, and secrets to reaching financial freedom because Glenn, it's not how much money you make. It's how much money you keep and what you do with it. And are you buying assets that throw you off a passive income um, so that you can work because you want to work, not because you have to work. And yep. that's what it's all about. And it's just, it goes through my journey and my story. Uh, and then it goes into real estate, uh, goes into dividend investing, um, uh, and just how to build some passive income streams so that you truly can work in your passion. And I think that's so important nowadays. And I think that so many people think that you have to be this trillionaire to, to um, uh, retire. And that's just not the case. Uh, there are ways to do it, and um, and I just explain what I did and how we did it and how we became financially free, and um, and I, I think you'll enjoy it. I mean, it, it's just you know, just a girl from Kentucky telling her story, and if I can do it, anybody can do it. I share that all the time. I have a high school education, um, and I think that um, I think it's just important for people to understand that you can do anything you want. I think that anybody can have financial freedom. It's, in about, it's about making decisions. I have some people I coach. I have a, a real estate. She's like a guru in real estate and makes over a million dollars a year, but she spends a million too. 
So that's a $200,000 deficit, Glenn. So, and then I have a co girl, a coach that makes over 50,000 a year and has paid her house off and is debt free and um, is building passive income streams and be able to retire in two or three more years and uh, off of 50,000 a year. So mm -hmm. I think it's important and her net worth is better than the one making over a million a year. Yep. Because, you know, um, the thing about social media, unfortunately, is that we get caught up in it, right? I mean, and we watch all these influencers and driving up in their Lambo and oh, yeah. living in their mega mansions. And um, we start comparing ourselves and we start living like they live. And they live pretty large. I mean, man, you know, my generation, I'm Generation X, and we were keeping up with the Joneses. Well, let me tell you what. That younger generation, they're keeping up with the Kardashians. And that is some <laughs> expensive living. I mean, you talk about living large. So I just think that, you know, if um, if you want financial freedom bad enough, anybody can have it. And it can be done on a budget. Yep. And if you do it your way, it's a little bit easier to get there. If you go and you save the money and you build the money and you build the cash flow and then you spend the money, it's a lot easier than getting the toys first and, and having this massive debt load to to try to <laughs> to try to pay for and catch up um and you know it, it can be part of it is what markets you're in you can house broke yourself you can you know toy broke yourself with boats and everything else and car Absolutely. broke yourself and there's a clothes. lot of <laughs> clothes women but the women <laughs> I, have, I get after them all the time i mean it's really funny i had a, a client who had paid a thousand dollars for a purse can you imagine Oh my goodness. I looked at her and I go, girl, I got a thousand in my purse and paid $10 for my purse. <laughs> I'm like, that is ridiculous. And it's just amazing to me the mindset and how people feel like, you know, because they're so busy keeping up with the Kardashians and they're so busy wanting people to notice them or whatever. It's like, I, you know, I could care less. I don't think about that stuff, you know. Um, but I, I think that when people realize that they are spending tomorrow's money, I think that's a really important. I think that people need to understand that when you are spending money that you do not have, you are causing yourself to have to continue to work and you are spending tomorrow's income. And so your future self is going to really be in trouble. And if you're waiting in the States, if you're waiting on, on uh, social security, it, it's going to be gone and uh, you better build your own passive income and you know what if you're in your 20s and 30s and you're listening to this get started i mean get started investing in the market i'm going to pick up your book today if uh, anyone's listening to this if you want i'll probably write the uh, i'm starting to write little reviews on the books i read so if you check out my facebook group about i have a book uh, facebook group called real estate book club and uh, then I will put uh, put something in there in like a month when I'm done, because um, I'm currently reading uh, another book. Um, so finish that one, start Myra's, and then I'll put something in there for that and let you know I how. I love that. And Thank you. I <laughs> no love that. No problem. I can join your real estate book club. Yeah. I love that. It's got a picture but... of my face. <laughs> if you're trying to find it. Um, it. And then Myra, if uh, people want to get a hold of you, how do they track you down? Sure. Uh, you can get me at downhome money at Gmail. Um, my website is downhome money. Everything's downhome money. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, my Facebook, my Instagram, everything is downhome money. All right. <laughs> yeah. So you find her at Down Home Money on the internet, anything with Down Home Money. Um, thanks so much for coming on the show, Myra. This was a great chat. I love these ones. Um, really appreciate it. 
Thank you, Glenn, for having me. I appreciate you.